Yeah, you're a part of that. Yeah, we're gonna become like. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna continue to become more and more of a reactionary podcast, and all of you are sinking down with us. <laughs> we don't want that either. I'll, I'll come individual patella from you, Josiah, if you start getting more. <laughs> Oh Take God. your left patella first, then your right. Then I'll just <laughs> saw off a little bit of your elbow. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Oh, Jared, you're oh not exempted. Oh, yeah, you're you're <laughs> in. Uh, you know, I, I'd say I'd say Jared's probably the more reactionary of the two of us. So I'm not a reactionary. You you came up positive for fascism on that one test one time. Yeah, I'm a fascist, not a reactionary. <laughs> That's what a reactionary is. No, I just did it out of my own my own interest. I wasn't reacting to anything. <laughs> this isn't a counter movement. This is just what I believe. Other people are worse than me. It's like constructive rather than counter revolutionary. It's like exactly. I'm just I'm just a monarchist. It's not that right. I oppose the revolution. It's <laughs> I'm not uh, trying to change anything. It's just what I believe. Chris, Chris is like, oh God, why am I on this? <laughs> he looks so disappointed right now. <laughs> You're a part of this now, Chris. Yeah, welcome. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I do think I do think it's funny. One of us doubling down as a monarchist when we talk about the troubles could be pretty funny. Mm. Jared, do you want to be the monarchist? I'm going to take the stance of I don't know what the troubles are. Well, one side is more monarchist than the other, so you could just do that. I'll take that side. I just want to I just want to say that like being on the side of monarch means you're not good. <laughs> well, That's you know, I just want to say that I disagree. Frankly. <laughs> Well, well, Jared, you're not good. You're not good. You know what is good? I didn't make them up. What's what's Chris, good? You know what is good? A, a sovereign rules. ruler chosen by God. <laughs> All right, it's I'm a big divine right of kings guy. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm a big mandate of heaven guy. I think that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because I have you. Have you tried to play? Have you tried to play uh, out in China in EU in, in Europa? Yeah, um, yes, and I didn't. It's not that bad, but I didn't get very far. But it's I was, so hard. <laughs> I didn't try that much yet. I, I, but I was like, oh man, look at this huge military that I have, because I'm so used to playing like Castile or anything that I'm just so weak and poor in the beginning, and I start out so rich and powerful <laughs> in the beginning as China. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also just difficult because you have to like manage tributary states um, in order to like keep the mandate of heaven. Oh, so it yeah, makes that's it true. Really difficult to play wide. You kind of need to play tall, and yeah. it's just well, that's not the way I want to play. I want to like that's true. Conquer people, kill them, and convert them to my religion and culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When See, I'm that's playing what I video do. games, <laughs> when I'm playing video games, <laughs> in real life, in real life, I don't life, see a distinction. In real life, I couldn't this is give real life. a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, speaking I mean, of real life, let's uh, let's move into the love dare. I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear this this week's dare. So this is going to be a funny one because I haven't even read it. So I hope this isn't one that required preparation or anything. Uh, so we are we are I at actual in a weird way. 
Oh, they're, they're going to get sexual soon. We're we're about 10 days of the love dare away from the one that's like, like, you know, uh, love, so, uh, like meets sexual needs or whatever. So, but anyway, we got a day 19. Oh, this is interesting. Love is impossible. <laughs> Finally, what I can agree with. What at last? No, uh, so opens with our, our lovely, lovely passage. First John four seven. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Today's dare. Look back over the dares from previous days. Were there some that seemed impossible to you? Have you mm -hmm. realized your need for God to change your heart and to give you the ability mm -hmm. to love? Ask him mm -hmm. to show you where you stand with him and ask for the strength and grace to settle your eternal destination. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess my challenge today is to be to be Christian. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and introduce the show. Uh, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, uh, a podcast that supports the monarchy 100%. <laughs> I love you to my wife. She's pretty great. There you go. I'm glad I got to do that. I said hi. Jared says hi. She doesn't know you. It's okay. I don't know her either. Well, today we are we are are joined by this podcast is all about making new friends. Today we are joined by uh, by my good friend Chris Barker, a former former uh, coworker of mine, um, also roommate of Kip, the previous guest. <laughs> yeah, there you we're go. working through Demo through Des Moines house by house. I was gonna say we did Aaron Calvin and then Kip Paulson and then Chris Barker. We're like moving through like Des Moines folks. You guys should try to talk to Jalen Cavill at some point. I bet he'd be. Oh, funny. I would love to. He's he's really dope. Does he also live with you? No, no, <laughs> not interested. He's then. a he's a he's a BLM guy. He's really cool. Nice. Um, let's go ahead and ask. Uh, what are you guys drinking today? Okay, so um, uh, I've got Hop Bullet by Sierra Nevada. It's a nice. It's a double IPA, um, and I've got some George Dickel Sour Mash whiskey. That's what I'm doing. Nice. Normally, I would be drinking Two Hearted, but I went to a store and they didn't have Two Hearted, so I got the next best thing. Oh, that sucks. I no was very disappointed. Uh, in, a, in a rare change of uh, change of usual tradition, I am I am drinking just a Red Bull. I'm not drinking any alcohol, so uh, I'll be very energetic for this episode. When I was in college, um, I made a I made a a kilt out of Red Bull cans. <laughs> I, I like I drank so many that we like made it out of Red Bull cans that I drank. Nice. We a lot of Red nice. Bull. Like, was yeah, not good. Subsequently, a kidney stone. Also, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, also, also deviating, also deviating from the norm. I am drinking an Irish car bomb. <laughs> Uh, 
Cary Grant get out dot Jeff. <laughs> Wait, are you legit drinking an Irish car bomb or no, I have a Dr. Pepper. That's what I thought. <laughs> Jared, you should have really cared. I was I was thinking about it, but then you know. I was I was I was fully intending to buy all the stuff for it, but then I just never got around to it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really great way to get your shit rocked at a Catholic pub in Belfast. Hey, there is you there go. another reason to go to a Catholic pub in Belfast? Yeah, because they're better than the prod ones. <laughs> let's let's get it. Let's our get into, queen let's, may let's, differ. Let's let's ask uh, let's ask Chris some some questions. Introduce introduce him to everyone here. Uh, so, Chris, how did you get introduced to monarchism? <laughs> Well, it's the air that we swim in, Jared. <laughs> uh, here, here's a good one. Uh, bell fast. Why not bell slow? That's a pretty stupid one. <laughs> because that's not how the Irish language works. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do. So let's Chris, do. Uh, uh, Chris. Yeah. Chris, do you uh, do you have a dog? Because like, yes, her name you know, is Parker. Okay. Oh, because your last name's Barker, Barker, like a dog, like a dog. The sound a dog makes, like Barker. <laughs> Do you have a dog, Chris? Because your last name. Okay, <laughs> it's Barker. Actually, last night, <laughs> last night at like two in the morning, assassin, assassin, assassin his dog. Yeah, so she's a she's a, a she's a greyhound. So she doesn't really like she doesn't really vocalize that much in general, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. But middle of the night, it's like two in the morning, and she just like <clears throat> in her sleep howls like she's a oh, fucking man. wolf. <laughs> you know, I do the same thing. <laughs> you should probably go to a sleep doctor. Is that. is that why love <laughs> is impossible for you? Is that why? Doesn't make it harder for me. <laughs> uh, let's let's go. To, uh, so you you have a degree in Russian history, and yet you've chosen to talk about Irish history. Uh, why? Well, because I got my degree in Russian history while I was living in Ireland. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I and I should say I say Ireland in the sense of like a united Ireland. I was on the island, and I. Personally, I'm very much a Republican, despite being Protestant by uh, by birth. By, but I'm very yeah. much an Irish Republican. I would like to see a united Ireland. I think that the English Indeed. fuckers should get out. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't so, you think I, that the I, Queen has a divine right to sovereignty over Ireland? I she she also had a divine right to a bunch of places in Africa, and they told her to fuck off. So. <laughs> But do you I think that really she has know. the divine right to rule a bunch of places in Africa? I, no, I super don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we just we're just going to disagree. What? Okay. What? okay, you are doubling down way too hard on this bit. <laughs> what bit? Okay. <laughs> um. Okay, I got another question here. Uh, yeah, yeah. That will probably get a longer longer answer here. Is uh is history real? No. I mean, like, no, like, because, <clears throat> I, because like you can't, 
we're always finding new stuff for one thing right so there's no there's no set there's no set like thing that is history it's not a mm -hmm. history isn't this weird octopus sculpture that i've got in my hands right now or anything like that it's just like history is what has happened before and how we interpret it mm -hmm. so like, no it's not real it's it's what we make of it but it's also super important because it's like why things are the way they are like mm -hmm. you know things can things can be not real and also extremely important at the same time you know and and, and the the way that you the way that you do history matters uh mm. to an exceptionally huge degree you know you can do great man history and that is going to tell you one set of stories about a place and time or you can do history of like normal people and that's going to tell you a different set of stories about a place and time yeah and you can do history of the people that the normal people are fucking over and that's going to tell you yet another set of stories about a place in time so yeah no i mean like history's not real but it's important that's good i like that um speaking well, of that uh related yeah yeah uh why god god related follow-up question yeah. why are the kids always after your lucky charms what Oh, he's, he's making a leprechaun joke, Josiah. Right? And I don't fucking appreciate it. Right? It's not fun. We're talking about Northern Ireland right now, right? And they don't have that fucking stereotypical accent that you're that you're talking about from that fucking Lucky Charms ass motherfucker. All right? <laughs> accent in Northern Ireland is lots different. Right? No I was I was gonna ask uh, why why wouldn't you come on to discuss the phantom time hypothesis, which is what I was originally trying to get you on for. Yeah, you were, because um, that's insane. Well, yeah, that sounds fun. Why would I? Why would I talk Again, about? Have you listened to this show? <laughs> this show yeah. is insane. I... Yes, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, like, why would I? Why? Why in the name of fuck would I spend any time thinking about something that transparently wild? Because it's got three cool words in it. <laughs> Phantom it's, time I, and hypothesis are I was gonna say words. time is, is is one of the words that you think is cool. I think time is a rad word. It is coming right. in slightly behind rad. <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's 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 roll with this for a second. Uh, do y'all have favorite words? Because my favorite word is element because it's the most fun word to write. Element. That is fun yeah. to write. Hmm. Hmm. Man, I don't know. I can't think of any word that's like a favorite word. I don't. Um, I can tell you three that are in the running. Yeah. What What are those three? <laughs> Phantom time hypothesis. <laughs> Jared, I would love for you to um, to like to to talk a little bit more about what you like specifically about each of those words. So, like, what about phantom do you love so much? Phantom is fun because it's got the ph and a hard consonant in it, mm. like flumux. 
um, mm. and other words like that. Mm. Generally, just a cool word with uh, interesting, you know, meanings that can be ghostly or spooky. Time, all sorts of science fiction about time, general important part of life, big fan of that. Hypothesis just is fun to say. Hypothesis, hypothesis, hypothesis. Yeah, that, that is true. That is a fun word to say. I, I also do like Phantom for its um, for its uh, audacity, right? It's one of those words that like puts the blatant fakeness of the English language right in your face. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. for two letters are a ph, and and it's telling you to go. Pff. Okay, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. This is this is a bullshit language. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i like i like the word sophistry i think that's a fun word to say i think i like greek sounding words i think those are usually pretty good got a greek supremacist over here well it's fun to call someone a sophist too like it's like a fun i don't know i think i like insults i think that's the problem i like charlatan you know like Ooh, charlatan is a good word that's a really great word well, I think we're I think we're properly acquainted with with Chris here. I think I think everyone kind of we, we got the gist, you know. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Uh, before we move on to the next section, oh, do you um, have something? I might have. I might have to drop this in a little bit later, potentially. You have, you second. might have to what? Give me one second. Hold up. Hold up. Ah! Stay calm. I'm. Not. <laughs> No, thank you. I mean, right, well, let's just keep going. We'll uh, <clears throat> we'll drop this in when it happens. Uh oh, well, now I'm scared. Uh, yeah, now I'm really scared. <laughs> uh, pretending that we haven't just dealt with that ominous <laughs> thing. Uh, I guess, Chris, where do you where do you want to start off with telling us about about the troubles? Okay, or why so... why you wanna why you wanna talk about it? I guess. Yeah. So. The the reason that my mind uh, cracked back to the troubles was, you know, uh, well, basically all of the uh, all of the horseshit here in this country over the last several years, but you know, increasing uh, with the whole capital insurrection and all of that, and I saw some people describing it as, um, you know, like the the seeds of a of a new civil war yeah and i mean that's not like the worst analogy in the world and then i saw some smart people on the internet talking about how like no this is like closer to the years of lead in italy and i was like well that's a better analogy mm -hmm. but then the more that i thought about it I was like, no, I really, I really do feel like this is going to be more like the troubles because like, so like the years of lead were an ideologically inflected conflict, which is definitely what we're in right, right. now, like, potentially headed for an escalation of, but like the troubles combine ideological conflict with, um, with what's essentially a racial conflict uh, or a nationalist conflict and a religious conflict, which I think is actually 
a better mm. that's actually a closer um that's that's a that's a closer analogy to what we're having um and experiencing right now um mm -hmm. It's like all of the things at once. Because like in Italy for the years of lead, it was basically just Italians killing Italians, you know? Like it's yeah. just white Italian Catholics killing white Italian yeah, It's Catholics. it's just a Scorsese movie. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like the Irishman? I mean, it was like it was it was good fellas. It was good fellas, but actually <laughs> yeah. at home. Um it it wasn't good fellas at home. Just no. Somebody's going to hear this and be oh. mad at me for saying that. We'll, we'll, um, we'll come back and you can talk more about years of lead. I mean, <laughs> I don't really that as your final me. statement. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't really need to say much about the years of lead, except that they were roughly coterminous with the like worst years of the troubles um, in Northern Ireland. They started in the sixties. Uh, the years of lead in Italy ended in like the 80s. The troubles in Northern Ireland didn't really end until the Good Friday Agreement in 98. Um, mm -hmm. But like the worst years of the troubles in general were like roughly coterminous with the with when the years of lead was happening. But again, mm -hmm. years of lead were explicitly like leftists and fascists trying to kill each other. And it's not entirely, I mean, that's not wrong as to what's happening here in America, but it also doesn't, I think, get its arms around the entire breadth of what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, especially the, the rule that like, that like the forms of like identity politics, both right wing and yeah. left wing identity politics are playing. Exactly. And, and, and that's where I think that the troubles ends up being a, a better, a better analogy to use when you're talking about the kind of tensions that we see here and like the yeah. risk of uh of future escalation i'm not saying right now that i think that we're even necessarily likely to experience something like that but like we're way more likely to experience it than we were four years ago five years ago, six years ago, you know, like, like the tensions are ratcheting up in yeah. ways that I don't think are super sustainable. Um, mm -hmm. And so we could be headed towards something like this. So anyway, that's why I think the troubles is a useful kind of mental framework to think about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Jared, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, for, <clears throat> for our viewers, listeners, <laughs> who aren't as familiar with with the extent of the troubles can you give us the you know the 10,000 foot overview of of kind of what happened and then um kind of tie that back to the analogy you're talking about yes yeah, so, so we'll go all the way back to uh <clears throat> the 1600s <laughs> well not that far well, you kind of well, have no. to go that far, though. <laughs> no, I'd rather I'd rather hear it just just in the present moment. Could, really, yeah. Could you just throw us right in when you two get to involved? be clear? That's more Chris. I don't want any history involved. I'm very anti-history. I don't think it should be taught in schools. I don't think people should talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. But I'd like you to tell tell the story in without any kind of history. Without history. Any? Yeah. Um, I, okay, I don't want to okay. hear any history. Okay, Jared, then this is this is going to be the best way that I can do it. Um, 
they shoot and blow each other up. That's actually sufficient for me. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Go, go into the go into the sixteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just start. Okay. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to the sixteen hundreds, and it's this uh, event called the Plantation of Ulster. Um, the island of Ireland is um, traditionally divided up into a bunch of different provinces. Ulster is the northernmost of the provinces. Uh, it also is the closest to um, the island of Great Britain. On a really clear day, you can see Ireland from Scotland, uh, vice versa. Um, so, like, you can get to it pretty easily. So, <clears throat> 1600s, um, you know, the English and the Scots, they've had their reformation. Um, and they decide, here's a fun thing we're going to do. We're in control of this island over here de jour like we like theoretically have control over it so what we're going to do is we're just going to send a bunch of people over there to essentially colonize ireland um it's mostly um it's mostly scottish people there are some english people most english people end up down in dublin um in succeeding centuries uh but this is part of the reason why folks some folks up there even to this day are still known as ulster scots um because they've like kind of kept that sort of part of their heritage alive, um, and uh, and they're they're reformed, not just like Protestants, but they're like reformed. They like draw themselves from like William of Orange. That's why even today there's like the Orange Order in um, yeah, very North deeply, America. deeply like Calvinist. Yep, they're like super Presbyterian, boy, mm. hella Presby's. Um, but so they go and they, uh, they, they essentially expropriate land from the people who live in Ireland. They just like take it and say, what are you going to do? Like, we've got guns and you're poor. So yeah, try to stop us. Um, and over time, the United Kingdom, um, had like, you know, varying degrees of control over the island. Some kings, some monarchs, and some parliaments would try to like, um, put, like push for more control. Some would um, kind of ease up a little bit and let more like local control happen. Um, so things kind of waned back and forth. There were, you know, a few like actual like attempted uprisings and whatever that that occurred uh, throughout the next several centuries, but it wasn't really until the 1900s um, after, you know, I mean, the 1800s were a century of revolution and growing nationalism. And famine. Exactly. Well, yeah, the famine is a huge part of this. This is something that like was the, the famine was actually yeah. a huge part of constructing um, the Irish national identity. Um, Another part of it was religion, right? Obviously, these people coming over from the island of Great Britain are predominantly Protestants, right? And the people in Ireland are predominantly Catholic. Um, but so, yeah, so so forming a nationality, though, yeah, the, the, the famine is a huge, huge part of that because like all famines, it was human created. Like, yes, there was a blight, but there was enough food to feed people. But the government in London said, 
Mm-hmm. Well, no, you don't get to keep those good potatoes. You have to send the good potatoes to us and you can die. Mm-hmm. And like, like that's how all famines work, really, is that actually there's enough food in general, but the food doesn't get put in people's bellies. It gets sent to somebody else who can pay more for it. Right. Mm. And so, so the famine is a huge part of um, creating an Irish national identity. Um, religious differences are a huge part in creating Irish national identity. That is coming to a head as we get into um, World War II. And so during World War II, we get the Easter Rising, um, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which is when uh, that's the beginning of essentially the Irish Revolution. So that's the IRA, that's Sinn Féin, that's all of that sort of stuff. That's a two-year war that ends in, um, I think it's a two-year war. Oh boy, we should probably like click through and actually get that all the way right. But anyway, yep. Anyway. Uh, so yes, let's see here. In, in 1918 was when they like really started um, 1919 to 1921. So it's like right in there. You get the Irish Free State, which is still theoretically part of the United Kingdom. Um, and then after all, but the Irish Free State is not like all of Ireland. It's just the Catholic counties. The Protestant counties do not get counted as part of the Irish Free State. And these counties are Protestant because of colonization, right? Like the only reason that these counties are majority Protestant is because the island of Great Britain has been sending people over to colonize these counties. And they refused to they refused to join a united Ireland. The treaty that uh, was struck uh, partitioned the island. Then as a result, you had uh, the Irish Civil War that happened for a while. Weirdly, most of the Irish Civil War happened in the Republic and not in the North. <clears throat> because what was happening in the Irish Civil War was it was two different factions of nationalists um, trying to blow each other up. Uh, because some of some of them were like, look, we got what we could, let's like be okay with this. And others being like, well, no, we were fighting a revolution for a united Ireland. This is a horseshit. Uh, this is a horseshit treaty. The people who said, let's take what we can get from the greatest superpower in the world at that point ended up winning the Irish Civil War. So that's what we've got right now. Um, so then as you go through post-Civil War, through World War II and on, you've got still like high levels of anti-Catholic discrimination in, um, in Ireland because to be a Catholic is also to be like native Irish and it's to be like in, in the like headspace of people. It's also to be Republican. It's you want to join the Republic of Ireland. You don't want to be yeah. part of the United kingdom. So you've got high levels of um, anti-Catholic discrimination going on because Protestants, unionists, uh, people who can derive their ancestry from England and Scotland, they're the people who are in power because like, that's how colonialism works, right? 
Um, and so there's high levels of discrimination there. Um, you, you're seeing <clears throat> ex-military units um, getting demobilized from the wars, sent back in to these communities. These guys maybe don't have a ton of work to do. They end up being in the Royal Ulster Constabulary and they act like cops, you know? And so they yeah. do crappy things and you can't be a Catholic and be a cop in the Royal Ulster Constabulary at that time. So you're a Protestant. You've got all of the like crappy, uh, you've got all of the, the crappy prejudices that come with being a Protestant in Northern Ireland uh, sitting on, sitting in your mind like a goblin. And then now you're a cop. Right. Yeah. And you've got all of this military training. And so like, it was just like really, really bad to be a Catholic in Northern Ireland for a long time. And finally there were some people who got fed up with it and started killing people. And that's basically the start of the troubles. I would say that like, essentially when it comes to the troubles itself, the Catholics shot first, but also like who really shot first? Cause I'm pretty sure that, the people who shot first were the assholes who came and colonized Ireland. Right. But right. so that, that gets us to the troubles. Right. Any more and, questions now? Cause I just talked for, so, so, no, that's ever. great. That's like good mm -hmm. background too. So we we've led up right now to the sixties, right? That's like when, yeah. when it takes We're essentially off. into the sixties right. when things and, are coming to a boil. And, and I think I, I, I missed just the last section of, of what you were saying. Could you could you uh, repeat back from, I think it was about 1600, you were saying? <laughs> um, well, so in 1609 was the plantation. <laughs> um, let's let's go um, ahead and th this could be a, a, a pop music pause. I yeah, think, now is a good time for a pause because I've got a, a surprise guest coming in. Um, to talk briefly with Josiah. What? This will be fun. Um, I was just going to go to the bathroom and grab some more water. Yeah, but... don't go to the bathroom. Okay. You're... Just piss your pants, dude. You're going to want something to drop for this. So what the fuck just is give him a few minutes. <laughs> just wait. It's definitely going to happen. Is this a good bit? <laughs> no. Is this a bit? <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. I'm going to edit this out. Keep waiting. <laughs> you can't stop me. Just wait. Just keep waiting. Sam fuck is happening. I don't know. I'm waiting. on the edge of my seat about the troubles right now and but but we're doing this now, I guess. It's called it's called suspense. We've got to have natural breaks in the story so that the the listeners are okay. you know. Okay. Why did you bring Caleb in here? Caleb has something he'd like to say to you. You owe me $20. I don't owe you $20. You actually do. <laughs> I do not owe you $20. You, you owe me $20, man. I don't owe you $20. Oh, I owe you $20. Josiah, you owe a lot. You promised a lot of people a lot I of money. I did not promise a lot of... I thought you would address this in the in the... Twitter news segment, not in the middle of the content. No. Oh, man, you owe me $20. College is expensive. I can barely afford food. Oh, my God. $20 is a lot of money. Yourself, I don't even know how to... 
I had to rush back here. I was working in the lab and then I remembered I need to let you know that you owe me $20. I don't know. So do you, do either of you want to give any context to why he thinks that I owe him $20? You just going to, why don't you explain yourself? <sighs> uh, okay, fine. J Jared, Jared, um, went through, uh, some, okay. He, he replied to some tweet of mine and he got, he decided he wanted to ratio me. So he went through everyone who liked my tweet and told them to like his tweet so that I would have like zero likes on my tweet and like 20 likes on his, his reply to mine. Um, and he promised all of them that I would pay him. I would pay them $20. Um, so that's what he thinks is, is a good thing to do right now. I feel he, like he I, making... didn't do it justice. No, no. I mean, this did spiral out of control where like 20 people were DMing me demanding money. So <laughs> I, I guess that's what I'm leaving out here. Like this. Out of all the people that you should pay, you should be the first person to do it and then maybe because I'm your brother. Yeah. I'm going to put this at the end of the episode. I'm not letting this be in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I do. Why? You want to say that I did not do that. And I was, I'm, I was approached. Kind of oh, lame. Oh, Jared did reach out to you to try to make you do that? Yes, he I'm did. I'm so, so proud of you for that. Hey, Caleb, I'm really disappointed in you for uh, for going after your brother for money like this. It's not uh, that's hey not man, it was a deal. Like he's <laughs> yeah. money. I don't care who he is. I want my twenty dollars. Yeah, Jackson is a Jackson. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there are there are several things that I would do for a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. Would that you unlike fun. four of Josiah's tweets? No, Jared. We it's we only four. Yeah, Chris. Chris I paid you twenty dollars. Good tweets right that's now. Thing. That's Jared, you make okay tweets. Yeah, I don't don't fly at best. Yourself. At best, they're so good. You, you make okay tweets. So you go for quantity, not quality. It's, yeah. it's not worth, it's not worth unliking them for twenty dollars. Like when you do a good one and I throw you a like, like yeah. that's that's worth it for me. Like I'm not gonna get rid of it. I'm not going to take 20 to get rid of that like. <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed clicking that little heart button. Yeah. Like, yes, I like that. Yeah. Kind of lame. Kind of lame. Here's $20. $20 hanging. I'm lame. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we I think we we need to uh we need to kick Caleb out cuz cuz uh, we we are on something of a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we've got to be done by eight well yeah but also i would like to be done sooner than that if that's possible so. no i told you that we're literally all three of us said that we wanted to be done as soon as possible no and, no and i said that i wanted to start early <sighs> very different he was adding padding for when i joined exactly you wait until you see the five other guests that <laughs> oh my god. I just get a fucking murderer's row to come in here and roast Josiah <laughs> entirely on brand. As as great as that that is. Um I would really like to learn more about the troubles. <laughs> Which is it sounds we're like here. it sounds like Josiah's having trouble coping with the uh 
the massive debt that he's incurred from our I followers not and he's working his best to uh to get out of it but caleb you guys get the hell out of our podcast like, like <laughs> people message, I'm, I'm, people message you asking for 20 and then you said no and then they unfollowed you slash the podcast did that happen <laughs> no no one unfollowed me because all the ones that he approached to like pretty active followers of mine they weren't like Oh, so they're, they're they're all just waiting for you to like actually come good on your debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, uh, we'll be bringing in a new guest every show until Josiah pays up. All right, uh, if that's the <laughs> bit you want to do. <laughs> all right, Caleb. Goodbye. I'm kicking you. Yeah, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> So you better leave. Oh, I, I'm leaving it, but I think I will move it to the end so that it does not fuck up the code. No, I'm not sticking yes. that in the middle. In the 1960s. That's <laughs> where all the weird shit happened. And also, we can probably stipulate that, like, probably a big part of this is that everybody alive in the uh, European world was super lead poisoned and uh, traumatized. Mm. I mean, essentially. In the 60s? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get this, like, like, the 60s were fucking wild right and like basically right. all of the adults had either lived through world war ii or had parents who lived through world war ii and they were all fucking lead poisoned so of course they had yeah. uh, of course they had like terrible uh ability to like control their impulses so of course the 60s were stupid and crazy and violent anyway. yeah a, That's what I've been blaming thing. much of my issues on. The 60s? <laughs> lead no, poisoning. lead poisoning, which does explain <laughs> a lot. Jared. Thank you. You should stop eating paint chips. I won't, but... <laughs> That's why I said you should. I'm not in well, control of <sighs> You know who is? I, who, who? The queen. You you picked a bad role model. Look, man, I don't get to choose who God wants. Well, I think you'll find that over the, over the over the history of Christianity, that Christians do in fact choose who God wants, and they do it a lot, and they change no. their minds a lot. It's pretty cool. No, God <laughs> changes his mind now and again. <laughs> anyway, tell us more about these rebels. These rebels. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, let's get to let's jump to to whatever, I don't know, 66, 69, whatever the this starts.
So the generally agreed upon um, start of the troubles is the creation of the UVF, which is the Ulster Volunteer Force. It's a Protestant paramilitary group. Um, their strongholds are in the big cities in um, in uh, Northern Ireland, so Derry and Belfast. Um, the UVF, and then the other one is the Ulster Defense Association. That's the other like really big um, Protestant paramilitary group. The big Irish one is the IRA slash various uh, mm -hmm. offshoots of the IRA. But so the UVF and the UDA are the big Protestant um, paramilitary groups in Northern Ireland. And they, um, <clears throat> they recruit very heavily from former military and former uh, police uh, and also sometimes active military and active police um mm. protestants in northern ireland um who then carry out intimidation campaigns against um against catholics living in northern ireland um they're part of a broader conservative turn in northern ireland during the 60s um the <clears throat> the people put in charge uh of of northern ireland by parliament by like the uk parliament are increasingly conservative and reactionary and uh, in general just more discriminatory um and these loyalists uh as they call themselves um they uh are emboldened by this implicit government support so you see this starting and <clears throat> Right around the same time in 66, you've got um, the 50th anniversary of the Easter Rising. So that was obviously 1916 in Dublin. Um, it's essentially it's essentially the start of the Irish uh, Revolution. It takes a while longer for it to like really kick off, but um, but so yeah. So there's there's parades throughout Ireland, the island of Ireland, uh, mm. in 66 for the 50th anniversary, nationalists are doing these uh, parades. Um, and loyalists respond to that um, by holding parades of their own, um, particularly in areas that they control. Um, and so there's essentially a backlash to this sort of like local um, expression of of identity right like you've mm -hmm. got irish catholics irish republicans commemorating something that's important to them and and they're commemorating it even in places where they're not in power so they're doing this in in northern ireland too well you get you get to northern ireland and these protestants uh these unionists have have power and well they can they can use that power uh, and impose their power upon people and intimidate people. You've got uh, Ian Paisley is a, uh, I, I mean, he's essentially the Irish Jerry Falwell. Okay, all right. That's like, he's a, a fundamentalist Presbyterian. Um, mm. Unclear if he was ever really involved in any paramilitary stuff 
but like he was part of people. He was like part of groups that were part of paramilitary groups. So it's like, you know, yeah. Um, so you've got another thing to understand about Northern Ireland is that it's extremely densely populated compared to like the United States in general or, or like, like Iowa, like we're in Iowa right now. And if Iowa had the same population density as Northern Ireland, there would be like 6 million people living in Ireland or in Iowa. Oh my God. We'd have twice as many people here. Okay. Uh, you you go to the city of Belfast and there are as many people living in Belfast city as live in the entire Des Moines metro area. But Belfast mm. city is the size of the city of Des Moines. Oh, wow. Okay. They're just a lot denser. And the neighborhoods in these biggers in Belfast and in Derry are, um, they're segregated the way that American cities are. You know, you've got uh, a Protestant neighborhood and a Catholic neighborhood, but like they're, they're really close to each other a lot of times, right? And there's a particular area of Belfast um, it's called so the areas where where protestant and catholic neighborhoods um abut each other are generally called interface areas in northern ireland and there's a really kind of like legendary one in uh in west belfast called um it, it's it's where the shankill area which is a generally protestant area and the falls road which is a generally catholic area um start to intersect with each other and get close to each other. Mm. Those areas become spots of, um, of a lot of violence of, uh, you know, people just like in general shouting at each other and harassing each other, but they'll also like, just like shoot people, you know? Mm -hmm. So you go here, I'll just like quick, I'll just like quick here, read uh, a quick thing uh, from, from wiki here so you've got uh, 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 uh. in april and may uh 1966 the uvf uh petrol bombed a number of catholic homes schools and businesses hmm. a fire bomb killed an elderly protestant widow matilda gould on the 21st of may the uvf issued a statement declaring war against the ira and anyone helping it uh, the UVF fatally shot a Catholic civilian, John Scullion, as he walked home on the 27th of May. A month later, it shot three Catholic civilians as they left a pub, killing Peter Ward, a Catholic from the Falls Road. Shortly after, the UVF was proscribed by the Northern Ireland government. Well, that doesn't mean shit, because the Northern Ireland government let these guys grow, right? Yeah. Like, okay, ooh, you guys are outlawed now. You let them, you let this happen. Like, you let this mm -hmm. grow and fester. It didn't, the prescription didn't stop anything because they were already there, right? Yeah, yeah well, you can't, um, you can't like let a paramilitary form and it have this like completely organized front and then say you don't exist anymore. It's like it exists. Yeah. Say, like, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, there's a civil rights, um, there's a civil rights push that is similar, uh, in its tone to the kind of civil rights push that we had in the, in the United States in the, in the sixties. Um, you know, 
ending to job discrimination, ending uh, ending gerrymandering of electoral boundaries, you know, ending uh, police brutality. There's, you know, all sorts of things that like Catholics were mm. subjected to that diluted their power, uh, their democratic power and their like civil power. And they said like, hey, can we like have this not be happening? Mm-hmm. And there was a backlash against it in the same way that there's a backlash here for, for, uh, for, for black, black people. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. For black lives matter and for mm-hmm. the dreamers and for, you know, refugees who come from Arab countries. Like there's a backlash to them saying, Hey, can you just like treat me nicely? Yeah. And be like, Fuck you, I'm not going to do that. And in fact, I'm going to be worse to you. Yeah. yeah, because you'd be happy that I even let you live here. And like mm-hmm. that's what's going on in Northern Ireland during the 60s. And so it's mm-hmm. a, it's just a one-way ratchet. Like um I, well and also like I, I think um Mike Mike Duncan has talked about this some in his uh in his Revolutions podcast where where he'll talk about how mm-hmm. these like ineffectual governments as they're like confronting revolution and civil war will do this like crackdown and then back down thing which like doesn't actually make anything better and i'm not it, trying it to makes it worse in a sense well yeah. exactly like i'm not trying to suggest that what they actually need to do is like crack down and then like stay cracked down because that's bad but like what if what you do is you like abuse people and then you and then you like and then you like let up for a little bit then they just get mad about the fact that you like abused them and they want you to like really really stop it the best way to like sorry but like the best way to like to like fix these things is to like actually address the problem instead of like being mean and then being like okay are we cool now it's like no we're not cool now you just like made it worse Right. Because I mean, well, especially like with with the Northern Ireland situation based entirely off my Wikipedia understanding of, of the troubles, um, you know, like like the voting rights specifically in Northern Ireland were fucked. So it's like oh, part yeah. of the demands weren't. Yeah. Part of the demands weren't just like some abstract concept of nationality. It was like in Northern Ireland, uh, a, a household had a vote, not an yeah. individual had a vote, a household. But British people living in Northern Ireland got one vote per person. Yeah. So they were literally like had less votes. Yeah. yeah. They were no, like, absolutely. please give me votes. And they would, <laughs> like, absolutely. And also they would like, again, they would like gerrymander electoral boundaries the way that like Wisconsin and Michigan and North Carolina did so that they like mm. for like local council elections or for parliamentary elections, they would like, there'd be like, there'd be like the one token, like super, super Republican uh, parliamentary seat that could go to Westminster that would get won by Sinn Féin. Yeah. And then they wouldn't like take their seat because like Sinn Féin's stance is the parliament in Westminster is not a uh, legitimate ruler of us. So we're not going to acknowledge it by taking our seats in parliament. But like there'd be the one, there'd be the one strong like see and then the rest of them would be ones that were drawn in such a way that like unionists would win those seats but just barely and but that was enough for them to have like essentially total control over the province mm-hmm. and that right. made it and 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 that that like 
that went down to local council level that went down to like the local parliament uh northern ireland has a a, a an insane history of of local governance there's been you know there's They've had, um, they've had, you know, quasi independent governance in the way that like Scotland and Wales have, and then they've like had direct rule from London, and then they've gotten back to uh, after the Good Friday Accords, they they went back to devolved government, uh, a power sharing agreement, and then and then the power sharing agreement collapsed for like four years, so there was de facto home rule, and then now. The government's back running again. Yeah. It's like wild over there. But <clears throat> before direct rule, the parliament in Northern Ireland was totally fucked in yeah. favor of Protestants and in favor of unionists. There just wasn't a voice. There wasn't a meaningful voice for nationalists and Catholics um, in, in the Northern Irish parliament. And it, and that is another thing that like really really drug on people and in, increase resentments, you know, and, and increase tensions. Right, right. I don't know. You guys can yeah. say, say more if you want to. Yeah. Like I've been talking a shitload. No, I mean, but you're also the one who knows about this. So sure. <laughs> if you have any like questions. Jared, do you have any questions? No, I'm good. <laughs> well let's let's um let's let's move into like what actually let's get into the violence because you know i think yeah. you know jared jared doesn't really like history so his, his eyes are glazing over so we need to add some explosions i think to all right okay this will be fun. right all right i'd like i need more of a michael bay kind of um <laughs> narration okay all right all right that'll all right. help me understand a little better yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so uh, once yeah, once we get into the seventies, we've got um, you know the the um, Stormont. The, so Stormont is what uh, we generally call uh, the the government in Northern Ireland because uh, that's the name of the building that they like meet in. It's like saying the capital or the Biden administration or whatever. Right, right. right. So um, Stormont uh, starts. Uh, placing curfews um, in uh, certain neighborhoods of of cities in um, in Northern Ireland. There's particularly the the Falls curfew in um, uh, in Belfast, which is essentially like Irish people can't or like Catholic Irish can't go outside after a certain point prods mm -hmm. over at the shank hill you're fine do whatever you want but like irish people you're not allowed to go outside after a certain uh, point yeah, yeah. there's a bombing um of mcgurk's bar in uh 1971 by the ulster volunteer force um this is when you start seeing peace walls go up um they're uh they're a typically Northern Irish bit of understatement, right? I mean, they call the Cold Trouble War in their province the Troubles. So peace walls are uh, literal walls uh, erected between uh, interface areas, between neighborhoods, so that uh, so that it's more difficult for uh, masked men with with M16s to run right. in different neighborhoods and shoot people. Yeah, 
That makes sense. So that's a piece. Well, this is when you start seeing them come up. This is when you start seeing free dairy in dairy, which is this like super Catholic controlled area of, um, of dairy. This is when you start seeing um, essentially, you essentially start seeing a, a breakdown of local control um, in cities because like mm -hmm. they'll just be like, well, no, like Belfast City Hall can't tell me to do anything because I live in the Falls Road or Belfast City Hall can't tell me to do anything because I live in the Shankill and like, yeah. you're not the boss of me. Like the people in my neighborhood are the boss of me and things like really, really start to break down during this time. So then in 72, we got Bloody Sunday. Oh, there. We are there. At last. So there's a U2 song. It is. And it's, it is. it's actually what that U2 song is about. This is what that song is about. It's crazy so, when you find U2 in real life. That's crazy. It is. It is wild. So one of the things that happened is obviously like massive amounts of police brutality are happening um, in Northern Ireland at this time. The Royal Ulster Constabulary is majority Protestants, uh, close to 90% Protestant um, during this era. And they were really, really shitty to Catholics, like really shitty. And there was a protest in Derry uh, about all of the shittiness. Um, and the the troops were there. Um, the British army was there uh, observing the observing the rally uh, and they shot people and they killed 13 people. Uh, mm. And it was like really, really not good. Another person died several months later. Um, so like a total of 15 dead or a total of 14 dead. But like this was a this was a super, super important event um in northern ireland yeah. this is something that like further radicalized um the ira because they were like look like we can't even tell you to stop abusing us without you shooting us you know this is a thing that this is a thing that took the battle from just between uh just between republicans in northern ireland and uh, and unionists in Northern Ireland to a battle between Republicans in Northern Ireland and the government in London, because now it wasn't just the Royal Ulster Constabulary that was like fucking them over. Now it's the British army. Right. Yeah. And this is also when people start to realize that like, Oh, the British army is also like in charge of like a bunch of the jails that our people get sent to. Right. And this only gets worse when Thatcher um, takes over later yeah. in the it's yeah. like it gets so much worse because Margaret Thatcher is a giant piece of shit. And like she is so evil to Northern Ireland all through the 80s. And it's part of why things get bad. It's also part of why they like it's part of why the provisional IRA like <laughs> starts blowing things up in London. It's why they start um it's why they start like trying to assassinate people uh, in in office in. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Nope. <laughs> it's why they start trying to assassinate government officials. It's why they like yeah. blow up Prince Philip's uncle, you know, like 
like they start to escalate because now they rightly perceive that their enemy is not just Protestants in Northern Ireland, but it's like the entire governmental apparatus of the United yeah. Kingdom is their enemy. And like the people in London don't even like unionists, right? Like they think they're like backwards, crazy right-wingers, but they also like don't want to give up Northern Ireland. And so they just have to like keep supporting these dickheads that they hate. And the only way that you can like keep supporting these dickheads that they hate is to like keep supporting them as they're even more barbaric to the Catholic Republican population in Northern Ireland. And so it just, it gets so bad. It gets so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. And there's like, like, like the troubles is where car bombs come from. Right, like, yeah. like you joked, like Jared, you joked about having an Irish car bomb, but like that, like, right. like that—that's where it comes from. Like they started right. blowing up cars, <laughs> like that's <laughs> where it comes from. Yeah, because they because they realized that like, oh, I can like put a car on a street with some explosives in it, and it's a car. Mm -hmm. Cars don't move ninety percent of the time, so no one's gonna care if it doesn't move for a while, and no one's gonna check yeah. on this thing. And so As then, opposed to like like a backpack or something sitting in yeah. the middle of the road, everyone's like, "Oh shit, that's probably a pipe bomb," right? But, or like, yeah. or, or even like a dude in a balaclava with a rifle, like right. that. Like you can't you can you can't do that in the middle of the day. You can you can do that at night, maybe, right? And they did do that at night, like, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't do stuff in the middle of the day in a crowded city center unless you disguise it so that's why things like the irish car bomb or and car bombs in general like became a thing mm -hmm. you know and and like and like the trauma surgeons in northern ireland are like are like like there's tons of surgical interventions and procedures that were pioneered in northern ireland because like people kept getting shot and blown up and then they'd mm -hmm. go to the hospitals in the NHS and the doctors in the NHS would have to figure out how to fix people. And so now yeah. like we have a bunch of like surgical procedures and like perfections of surgical procedures because of this, because it was so wow. bad. That's really interesting. Huh? Because, it was, but like, but like this is, this is like, this is like part of like how this stuff goes. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. there are tons of, there are tons of medical um, innovations that come about when you go into war because like suddenly people are getting right. blown up and getting shot at and, and like experiencing injury in a, mm -hmm. in a bunch of novel ways and you have to figure out how to keep them alive. Well, Northern Ireland was like in a war for 30 years yeah so mm -hmm. like their doctors figured out how to keep people alive in innovative ways yeah and as a result like as a result like everyone in the world has like better health outcomes but like the people of northern right. ireland suffer for that right and it sucks huh you know yeah. so we get oh go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I, I guess i was gonna say like what what are we looking at death count wise around this time total, like total we're, we're... death count over the course of uh of the troubles is a little over three thousand okay which doesn't sound huge but like if you remember that uh the total 
the total number of people living in Northern Ireland when all of this started was just a hair north of a million. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, I, I remember at one point like us to see. Oh, sorry. It's it's like three hundred nine elevens happening. That's that was the comparison you'd made to me in the past when we talked about this. It was like, yeah, nine eleven happening every year. Like it's it's that it's that proportion of people. There's you you can't. There's almost nobody over. There's almost nobody over the age of forty in Northern Ireland right now who doesn't know somebody who was affected by this or who was not affected themselves yeah. by this. Yeah, like right. everybody knows someone who died or who was hurt because of yeah. it. Everybody, if they're over 40. You know, like the only people who don't know this are like essentially people who were born after the Good Friday. Jihadists aren't, aren't a left-wing thing, but were, were they, one, it would just be incredibly difficult to fully imagine that because you relived the trauma of seeing this stuff on the news. Um, yeah. And that's that was like 30 years of Great Britain. Yeah, just, it just like kept going. So this, yeah. is, this, is, this, is, this is a point, uh, we, we've gotten basically up through the 70s at this point. Um, uh, the 70s were the worst, uh, the worst decade for like violence and, and death. Yeah. Um, Things tailed off. Uh, when violence did erupt uh, after the 70s, um, it tended to be more spectacular in fashion. And so, like, casualties for individual events would be higher, but you didn't necessarily have, like, as much sustained, consistent, like, you know, yeah, metric. Gunfighting in the streets, yeah. But so, since you brought up the jihadist thing, this is a point where I think that it is useful to begin talking about the ideological aspects of this because Sinn Féin mm -hmm. is the dominant Republican Catholic party in Northern Ireland and Sinn Féin is avowedly socialist. Yeah. And the other like Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, which are the other, um, like th those are the other like Irish, um, like Catholic, like those are the other big political parties down in the Republic of Ireland. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael do not have any real presence in Northern Ireland. It's only Sinn Féin. Yeah. And so, so that is where you start seeing this ideological spectrum of it. And then, like, I mentioned him before, um, but Ian Paisley is an extreme, he was an extremely conservative unionist. And so unionism in Northern Ireland is typically conservative. Yeah. Right? And so 
in the years since the in the years since the Good Friday Agreement, you've seen a little bit of kind of like splintering of those, but still, for the most part, if you are a Protestant, you are probably a Tory, and if you are a Catholic, you are probably left wing, and that's like just still how it goes. Now, obviously, there are conservative Catholics, and obviously there are, you know, leftist um, Protestants in Northern Ireland. But that On dimension, whole, generally the yes, that dimension still holds. And, and, and that is where, that's one of those things where I see um, parallels. Th th this is where, like, I'm talking about, like, where I start to draw parallels with what happens here, right? Yeah. You look in the United States, and to be a conservative at this point is essentially um, is essentially to be religious, right? Mm -hmm. The GOP has essentially given up any pretense of not being a party of religion, and right. particularly of Christianity, right? They'll like give Judaism, um, you know, a seat at the table. For, yeah, for, but, but but only because of support of Israel, not yes, <laughs> yeah. only because of support of Israel, and also only because like they're trying to use Judaism to bring about the end times. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's also it's also like very self consciously white, right? Mm -hmm. In the United States, so like to be conservative at this point is almost definitionally to be white and to be Christian. And mm -hmm. and also even to even be more granular about it, it's almost to be evangelically Christian, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are huge exceptions, you know. I mean, of like course. Alan West is the head of the Texas GOP, and he's a fucking war criminal, but he's black, you know. So, like, obviously, there are exceptions, but like in general, to be conservative in this country is to be one set of things, and to be not a conservative. <laughs> is to yeah. be considerably more irreligious and it's to be um and it's also to be considerably less white right now obviously because of the way this country is set up the plurality i think still the plurality of democratic support is still white but like it's like not much you know yeah and so like you're and so that's that is where I start to see these mm -hmm. like connections come in, right? Where it's like all of these identities over here on the left side of the equation are lining up. All of these identities over here on the right side of the equation are lining up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I'm worried about something like this happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It, like, because like as bad as it was there, we have so many more guns, you guys. We have so many more guns <laughs> than they did then. It would be so bad if something like this started to happen here. Dude, and also just like proportionally, right? Three thousand people die over the course of thirty years in a in a place that has like at this point now. Uh, one around one and a half million people. You scale that up, we are talking about millions of people being yeah. killed in sectarian violence in this country. If yeah. something even, if something even 
within the like standard deviation of the trouble occurs mm -hmm. and like this doesn't even get us to like armies in the field fighting against each other the way that we had in the old u.s civil war right right like, you can still have a civil war without armies it can just be everyone hates each other and wants to kill each other and then there's like one group that is like losing a demographic battle because that's another thing that I haven't really touched on, but like the unionists are losing a demographic battle. Mm, Cause, cause Catholics are having more children. Yeah. Yeah. So the unionists are losing a demographic battle, but they have all of the power. Well, again, I'm sorry, that's conservatives. They're losing a demographic battle, Yeah. but they have all of the power right now because of the way our system is set up. And like you've got these people losing a demographic battle, but holding on to power and not wanting to give it up. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So, and, and so that's, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was going to say what, uh, what, um, so, so I, I guess I understand, but maybe, maybe for people who aren't super familiar with the years of lead, what, what is the big difference of the years of lead in Italy versus, um, the troubles? Um, aside from, I know the identity differences, but I guess for, if someone's not familiar with Italian history, I mean, I'm not super uh, familiar with the, with Italian history either. So I've like tried to familiarize myself a little bit with this over uh, the last week, mm -hmm. but honestly, it's really, um, the years of lead comes down to communists and fascists having a fight with each other. And then like mm -hmm. centrists in the middle trying to like get through it and sometimes being caught in the crossfire. But like yeah. it really was like communists and fascists um, trying to kill each other in Italy, <clears throat> which I mean, again, like, yeah, I could see how that could be resonant here. We have an ascendant left in the United, in the United States. We also have an ascendant right in the United States. Like both sides are like ascendant right now. And yeah. But it, but it's, it's not purely ideological here. There's yeah. also like, yeah, d a deeply like racial component or a deeply. Yes. Um, exactly. And so like, this is why I think that the years of lead analogy doesn't work because like, again, like it's, it's Italians. Like there was not a ton of immigration happening in Italy during mm -hmm. this period of time, right? Like, immigration to Italy didn't ramp up until the eighties, nineties and two thousands. Right. So it's still like at this time, it is like white Catholic Italians killing white Catholic Italians yeah. disagreeing about politics, which like, that's still, that's still significant. And right. that's still like important, but like, but like they share, like those, these people shared more than than the IRA and the UVF in Northern Ireland share, right? Because like the IRA are, are Irish and Catholic and left-wing and the UVF are from fucking Scotland, uh, if you go back uh, 300 years and they're prods and they're conservative, right? Right, right. Three sets of differences instead of just one set of differences. Yeah. It's interesting. So I, I guess, um, yeah, r random thing to throw in there, and then we, yeah, we can try to move toward the end of the troubles. But oh, what, what do you, what do you play the role of uh, American Catholicism in, in all of this? Because I, I feel like that's always been the hardest piece for me to place exactly where that that lies. Because Catholics, um, 
I feel like are the more ideologically diverse of um, the forms of Christianity in the U.S., I suppose, yeah. because, you know, Protestants tend to lean conservative, but Catholics can be fucking so many other things. I don't know. Right. Um, it won't surprise you to know that the response of the Catholic Church was, eh? Yeah. Um, the, like, I mean, like, the Vatican wanted people to stop. Like, they just, like, consistently said, hey, can you stop doing yeah. this? Right? Um, and, like, you go to, like, the American Catholic Church, and it's very equivocal as well. It's very, like, hey, we need to stop the violence. We need to, like... Uh, mm work for understanding or whatever. But then when you get down to like the parish level and you get yeah. to places, particularly in places like Boston and, 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 and really Irish um, communities in New York and Long yeah, Island, yeah. whatever, then you start seeing parishes and priests and even to a certain extent, some bishops that are much more willing to be like, no, like, like the provisional, like the provos are right. Like they, mm -hmm. like we need to get these Protestants out of, of Northern Ireland. They need to be out of mm -hmm. Belfast. They need to be out of Derry. They need to be out of Armagh. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, like you were saying, it's Catholicism is a much more varied uh, religion. I, or, or sorry, yeah. nomination, I should say, but like that's mm -hmm. to be expected. It's meant to be a universal church. You know? Right. Well, and, and, so, yeah, and I guess those you get to those you get to those really ethnically concentrated areas, and then like support for the IRA goes up. But you get right. to places that there aren't a ton of Irish people. Like if it's if it's like a super Catholic parish, or sorry, if it's a super Italian parish, well, they don't care what's going on in Ireland. Yeah, because they're Italian. I don't give a shit. So. Right. So that's that's basically how that. Well, I, I guess I guess what I specifically was curious about is is how you're envisioning the future in the U.S. the the role American Catholicism plays because I, I identify a lot of the um, yeah a lot of the right wing um, stuff uh, with like Protestantism like there's not many like Catholic QAnon folks yeah but, um, um, I don't know there, there's kind of a weird thing going on from my understanding of Catholicism which is not amazing um, that. Like, like obviously the Vatican is not leaning right wing at all right now with, with Francis um, being more of, a, I guess, maybe a centrist or a leftist, maybe not full right leftist, but after he dies though. Yeah. It's, that's the thing though. Like a lot of the American parishes are kind of going um, in rebellion uh, against, uh, against the Pope right now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting because, because, okay. So a lot of American parishes, but like, I mean, you still look at the broad majority of of American Catholics, and most American Catholics still vote Democrat. Okay. Like, mo yeah. like I mean, they don't. It's not like it's not the kind of split where it's like if you're a white evangelical Protestant, ninety percent of you voted for a Republican. It's not that kind of split. It's closer to like a fifty-five, forty-five split in Catholicism. Yeah. But it's still most Catholics in America vote for Democrats. Yeah. Um, and I would attribute most of that to being to the church's social teaching. Yeah. And yeah. so it's going to come down to which side the church ends up being on long term in this is really going to come down to 
one who follows Francis. Mm-hmm. And if the church really doubles down on social, on its social teaching, right. right? I don't necessarily think, I mean, I disagree with them vehemently uh, about abortion, but like, I don't necessarily think that they have to give up their stance on conception and whatever. Yeah. And still say like, no, like you really can't keep voting for the death cult guys. Like, <laughs> like you right. can't keep doing that and think that you're a Catholic in good standing. Like I understand that yeah. these guys like allow abortion, but like that's one thing that we teach you is bad. And, there's like 70 other things that these guys do that we say are bad and you can't just like give yourself uh, an indulgence essentially to vote for them because you voted for a fetus. Like that's not how this works, buddy. It's like, you got to stop. Right. And, and if you're taking seriously like Catholic moral teaching, it's like um, the legalization of something that Catholics find sinful versus straight up the um the economic deprivation you know the 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 going against catholic social teaching like uh, a country that has abortion legal but the church can say it's wrong to do that um still functions fine as yeah. like uh yeah something that an economic system whatever that goes directly against the church's social teaching might be uh completely different but not fine right it's like yeah okay if you're a catholic just don't get an abortion because we right. say you can't do it, but like, don't vote for a, an economic system that preys upon the weak. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's not allowable. Mm-hmm. Like don't participate in that. <laughs> don't um, do that. Let, let's go ahead and move toward the end of the troubles here. And um, yeah, kind of I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll zip through the eighties and the nineties. Um, Cause there's like, it's basically like I was saying earlier, it's basically like, really spectacular things that happen um, through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's like big bombs, it's assassination attempts, it's attacks on um, it's attacks on army bases and things like that. Um, kind of a standout thing is the hunger strike that happens in uh, 81. Um, 10, uh, 10 Catholic uh, Republican prisoners of uh, the British army went on a hunger strike and died. Um, they like didn't, they did, they wouldn't eat and nothing was done to help them or give them any, uh, any recourse or, or, uh, uh, clemency. So 10 people died, uh, of hunger strike. The first person to die was Bobby Sands. Um, and he was actually a member of parliament. Uh, when he died, oh, he had been wow. elected to parliament and, uh, and died, uh, after that. Um, so there was, uh, let's see here. Gosh. Yeah, man. A hundred thousand people, uh, attended, uh, Bobby Sands funeral mass in, uh, mm-hmm. in Belfast, which is like, I mean, that's like a fifth of the city. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was big, <laughs> like it was a big, big deal. Um, and this represented, I mean, this was something that like really catalyzed, um, the Republican, uh, Republican attitudes as we went through the eighties and into the nineties, because like Thatcher's government essentially let these men starve to death instead of like letting them get out of jail. Yeah. Like Margaret Thatcher killed these guys 
instead of setting them free. And that made people really mad. Um, And so, yeah, there were, there were bombings and like really, and um, there was a mortar attack on a police station and um, gosh, tons of stuff. And, and I, I, I keep talking, I have said, I've mostly highlighted, um, I've mostly highlighted attacks against Catholics uh, as I've been talking and just like, you know, cards on the table, like I'm on their side. I think that there should be a united Ireland, but like we shouldn't overlook the fact that like innocent Protestants in Northern Ireland were killed. Like people who did nothing wrong, who were just trying to live, were killed yeah. during this time, and that was bad. Yeah. And that was bad, and like they were killed because of decisions that were made higher above them. They had no control over, and that was yeah. shitty. Yeah. So, so we get through the eighties. We get into the nineties. There is a there's an attack on Downing Street. Um, mm-hmm. So like the office of the prime minister, um, there was a mortar shot uh, at number 10 Downing Street in the oh, 90s. And then we got a couple of ceasefires uh, that were negotiated um, that just uh, kind of hopefully kind of chill everybody out. And there would be a ceasefire and then people would get like itchy trigger fingers and do some dumb shit. And then stuff would like spike up for a little bit. And they're like, wait, no, come on, let's, let's stop this. Would, <laughs> stop doing car bombs. Eh? They would like chill out for a little bit. So the last like really, really bad year, the last really bad year was 96. There was the Docklands bombing in London that like, I mean, like, if you look at the photos of it, it looks like the Oklahoma City bombing, but not that many people yeah. died, thankfully. Um, yeah. There was a bombing in the middle of Manchester, uh, but what happened here is that the IRA just wanted to demonstrate that they could, like, blow up a bunch of stuff. And so what they did is they planted the bomb, and then they told every, and then they, like, called in a warning and said, hey, we planted a bomb, get people out. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. And then they got people out. Now, a bunch of people were injured, but no one died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the uh, the OMA bombing, which was mm-hmm. like like kind of the last that this was kind of the last straw. This happened in ninety-eight. This was yeah. a um this was a, a bombing by dissident Republicans. So it's like the provisional IRA. Um, and they blew up the city center of Oma in Northern Ireland and it killed 29 people. Uh, and it was, and I've seen photos of this and I don't recommend, uh, I don't recommend Google searching it cause it's like mm. devastating. They like yeah. blew the fuck up of this place. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like the moment that like everyone decided, okay, we have to stop now. Yeah. Uh, we like really, really need to quit doing this. And this is what kind of brought everyone to the table. And so then we got the Good Friday Accords. And I think I said that the Good Friday Accords were in 98. 
98, and that was wrong. I believe it was 99, but let me double check. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's it is pretty. That, that basically um, brings us up to the end. Like like the Omar yeah. bombing is like basically like the end of like the big shit. And we've still had like while I was living in Northern Ireland, a police officer got blown up. So like, what what what, what years were you living there again? Um, uh, is oh nine and ten. Okay. Yeah, like while I was living there, like a police officer had a bomb put under his car when he went out to his car to go to work in the morning. He got blown up. So like that did happen. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still it's still a tense area. Oh yeah, and they they have recently started talking about bringing down the walls um, in some of these uh, places. Um, oh yeah. So the Good Friday Agreement was effective December uh, ninety nine. It was signed in ninety eight. So it had been signed, then the Oma bombing happened, and that kind of like. Mm bound everyone to like okay yeah no we're actually doing this right anyway um there's there's some movement towards bringing down the walls because people seem to have landed on the idea that the walls are actually not helping anymore that like having the walls in place only solidifies uh, difference between people yeah right you can't just like well f- because for example in a lot of places, you can't just move across the street into a house, right? Which you would potentially be able to do if the wall wasn't there. Yeah. So ne- like now you have to like completely go around a wall and into a new area and that can feel weird. But if the wall's down and there's mm-hmm. a flat open across the street for cheaper, or it's just a better flat and you can afford it. Well, now I can just yeah. cross the street and move in there. So, so there's some, there's some movement towards bringing down some of the walls. I would bet that the wall between the falls road and the shank Hill road stays up for a long, long time, but they were, I mean, they had, they built new walls as recently as this century. Like there were new walls put up in the two thousands. I would bet oh, that those walls would be some of the first ones to come down, but like, like it's still tense over there, and like Brexit right. has like Brexit has has thrown a, an enormous wrench in things uh, over the last several years. And from what I can tell from my friends who still live over there, is that like it's about as tense as it's been, because a huge part of the Good Friday Agreement was essentially creating a one Ireland without actually having a one Ireland. You could go back and forth right. across the border mm-hmm. all you wanted with no one stopping you. And now that was like really, really in doubt up until they finally signed the Brexit agreement. Well, now yeah. like the, the border is still open, but like people were really tense. They were like, is the border going back up? Because like, we don't want that. Nobody wants that. Right. Right. So anyway, yeah. yeah, there we go. That's there the trouble. Tro- do, do you guys have more questions about anything? Um, I I don't have any necessarily. I think I think this is just alone a really interesting um, historical thing. So yeah, I would yeah, I say that was a very. I do I do also want to say because so like my so like I studied Russian history in Belfast. Uh, oh yeah, this this is worth mentioning. 
but so like but so like like my degree was ethnic conflict and like the whole reason that queen's university has this degree like mm -hmm. field is because it is in the middle of an ethnic conflict right yeah. i mean it doesn't look like an ethnic conflict in the way that we think of it because it's like two groups of white people trying to kill each other and so like mm -hmm. that super compute for us but like yeah. that's what it is you know and so like so I was having to like, like I was studying uh, ethnic conflict in Russia, but I was also living under a peace settlement for an ethnic conflict. And what I would say, having lived there, having talked to a lot of people from there and having like followed the way that things go, I would say that I don't think we really nailed it with the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. Um, it's not to say that I think it's bad because we really needed to stop that shit. Like it was mm -hmm. bad that people kept dying. Um, yeah. Right. But the way that the peace agreement worked and the way that power sharing worked going forward in, um, in the Northern Irish legislature essentially set up a Republican Democrat esque power struggle so essentially the way that northern ireland's legislature works is is exactly the same way that the united states does and it's predictably mm -hmm. shitty it like predictably does not work very well yeah because it's predicated on everyone essentially gets to split things roughly 50 50. Yeah. and that's like kind of ish the way that the united states works and it just like is mm -hmm. bad it's just really bad. They have a, like a really dysfunctional government that in some ways entrenches identities and doesn't help everyone like get past them. Yeah. So anyway, I think yeah. that's probably the end of what I want to say about the troubles. That's good. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead Um, it was exceptional. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it when I edit. You're gonna love it. I will. I'm so excited. You're super not gonna love it. I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> well, we have uh, we have uh, finished the content section of the podcast, and now we move on to the the end segments. Um, 
Jared, why don't why don't you introduce the end segments? Welcome to the end segments. Um, so our first end segment, per usual, we uh, we have our guest to give us a Patreon ad. So Chris, <laughs> give us a Patreon ad. What do you mean by this? Are you familiar with Patreon? Yes. It's, Are it's you a familiar method with advertising? Which, it's a method by which the people who listen to this podcast mm-hmm. pay mm-hmm. YouTube. Yes. For your labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially a, a, a crowdsource or socialistic, if you will, um, way to uh, recoup the fruits of your work. Correct. 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 And, and are you familiar with advertisements? I am familiar with advertisements. Yes. Is there is there is there a is there a particular script you would like me to recite? No, no. You just kind of did you not did you not write the script? Do you just want me to like continue down this like super left wing thing where I'm just like telling everybody that like Josiah and Jared put in work for you and they deserve? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Just keep talking. This is good. It's your ad music under it. Well, if you keep fucking interrupting me, my ad hit. Is getting fucked <laughs> up. Okay, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Josiah and Jared put in a lot of work to make this thing happen, and they deserve to be remunerated for their labor. Uh, their labor has value, and a way that you can uh, acknowledge that value is to subscribe to them on Patreon. And I'm sure that they've got a link that they'll oh, tell yeah. us about. It's probably on Very Legal, Very Cool on Patreon or VLVC at Patreon. I don't fucking know the link. They didn't it's tell me they are talking. But a, a pinned tweet yeah. on our Twitter. Hey, there's a pinned tweet on their Twitter account. So you should like click the pinned tweet and then you should give them some money. I'm going to do it because I'm making myself feel guilty talking about this. But here we go. <laughs> Let's do this shit, people patreon these fuckers hell yeah that's how you know the ads work that's how you know fantastic well so we've actually got some uh some real segments this time so exciting exciting. stuff uh you know we've got we got some reviews on on itunes got a couple uh we got so a five-star review says probably listen from sad in dsm uh, and Sad and DSM says pretty funny and helps me not give up on life. Also, they help guys <laughs> who are down bad, which is good, I guess. That's good. That's true. That's true. Uh, we got another five star review from uh, Johnny G Sweet. Uh, the title of that being "Bring Back the Shitty Christians, Guys." They were really funny and sounded hot. Okay. And those are our new uh, those are our new advertisements. We also got a uh, we got an email. Uh, from from Wise Monkey, and it says, "Poop." <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. To which That's... Josiah responded, "Hey everyone." <laughs> to which Wise Monkey, you know, we don't have um, to read attached a PowerPoint. Oh, I super um, wanted PowerPoint is. It, it was his. It was his homework um, in, in aquarium sciences. Um, yeah, right. So well, I'll, I'll read through. No, you get a picture he, he, of a 
a fish. <laughs> it's buried in the sand. It's got a lot of are teeth. Weird and some eyes that are poking out. Um, and it says Uranoscopidae. 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 Stargazer. Cool. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, the high tax. It's high taxonomy. It's kingdom Animilia, sub kingdom. Okay. Bilateria. Infrequentum, Durstomia, Phylum, Chordata, Subphylum, Vertebra. I, I really think we've got it, Jared. I, I think we've we've understand. There are so many more slides, though. We're not going to go through the slides. This episode is already like two <laughs> hours long. Did, did Caleb like put any weird, creepy, horny shit in there? Because like we all know how much Caleb loves to horny tweet. Yeah, he does. Do well, that. there were the the fish did have horns. Mm. Hey, there we go. We, Caleb, we, um, yeah. Hey, hey, Jared. For Patreon, we have somebody we're supposed to make fun of. Oh, we do, we do. Yeah. Uh, so one, on our ten tier of uh, Patreon, uh, you get a month of us uh, every episode, looking through your Twitter and just and mocking them. So um, our our Patreon subscriber this time was uh, at skim underscore dragons. Um, who's yeah. So we gotta we gotta make fun of her. If you guys have anything to say, well, wait, wait, wait. I think that uh, Skim Dragons was not impressed by our last roasting. No, she um, wasn't. She was not impressed at all. To which, you know, first off, a lot of expectations being being thrown on us. Yeah. Of, um, of and second off, show. I think her glasses are too big. <laughs> am, I, am I meant to be tweeting, uh, treating this like it's like Reddit's roast me sub? Yeah, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Except people actually get hurt. Yeah. Well, I don't really. <laughs> I just I just read a tweet that made my brain go. Hmm? Um. Uh, okay. I like, I like this tweet. Sorry, which one? I would love to see this. Couldn't roast because uh, I'm not problematic. Good problem. Yeah. I mean, she, hold on, couldn't roast me. Like, this is from the 24th. Do you ever miss doing Molly at concerts? No, because I fucking don't do that shit. <laughs> I drink in three pots of coffee. I also don't do that shit. What's wrong with you? I drink a lot of coffee. I make it for a living. I don't want to feel like I can see time. <laughs> and this this is directly followed two days later by I'm seven beers deep. A bag <laughs> a bag of Chex Mix is done cooling, and I'm making chili. I don't know why my psychiatrist thinks mania is bad. It's the only time I function. Yeah, like, like so romanticizing mental illness now. Like, so that's okay. not good. I think she so, should maybe consider a new psychiatrist. This one doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be too hard on uh, on Skim underscore Dragons. I'm sure Why? you are a lovely person. Yeah. Um, well, she did pay us money to do this, so it's yes. It's okay. But I also feel bad, which yeah. is also a point against her. But <laughs> yes, but like Josiah, you essentially beg to be roasted on a like regular basis, and then I do it to you, and will immediately. DM you being like, did I go too far? I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, want to. Yeah, you do do that a lot. I, I remember I remember one time you did that, and then I posted the screenshot of you doing that, and then you got really mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to check in and make sure I wasn't being too much of a dickhead. And 
skim underscore dragons, as much as I gave you shit for your tweet, I hope you're okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. Uh, it's always good to look at what they like too. Um, you can look at their oh, likes. Yeah. That's that's like that's a good way to. That's usually a really great way to rail into them here. When, I would sorry, like to when appreciate they like hockey, they really What was that, Chris? When they say they like hockey, they they really mean it. Like the yeah. first Toby Maguire hockey meme. You know, I'm gonna say maybe less hockey would be a good move. Less hockey is actually always a good start. I think that's true. You'll have more teeth than if you if mm -hmm. you give up on hockey. Yeah. yeah. Hockey is a, hockey is a sport that my I brain hockey. consistently refuses to understand. <laughs> um, like, I no, played hockey for a season, and I have a chipped tooth. So. Oh dang. Yeah, um, not from yeah. hockey. My I got drunk and ran into a door, but I did play <laughs> hockey, and I do have a chipped tooth. Unrelated. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of strange, um, like honestly, vaguely horrifying food likes in here. There's like a Doctor Who lasagna one, <laughs> where she looks like Cassandra. Do you do you remember this? Yes, I I do. Yeah, because I yeah. was a was a and then, then Doctor Who dark. Yeah, then there's the Mr. Burns Kiwi. That's another one that I'm seeing right now. I don't now. love that one. That's yeah, cool. I, I don't love that one either. Um, no, but seriously, so like hockey is like one of those things that I should like theoretically understand because I love soccer. Mm -hmm. But I watch right. a hockey game and my brain just, just adamantly, it adamantly refuses to be able to make sense of what I'm seeing. And like, <laughs> see, see, hockey is the only sport that I can make sense of. Um. One thing I like about hockey is is uh, I don't understand any sport, but uh, I do like getting drunk, and that seems to be what you do at hockey games like a lot. Yeah, you just kind of like drunk, drunk and, and yell things. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I, the the other sport that my brain um, completely refuses to compute is rugby. I genuinely don't understand what's happening in rugby at any I given. I think it's time. fucked up my, that you hate all the cool sports. My understanding of rugby, well, okay, it's like rude. football, but with more brain injuries. Right. Exactly. Which is saying also, something football with, with more brain injuries, but also way <laughs> more chances to take, um, to take, thirsty photos of men's asses like mm. if you like looking at like toned male thighs and asses rugby is yeah. this for you because that's a i'm sorry have you have you have you watched major league baseball that's true the asses are a big part of baseball I'm, yeah i'm just saying yeah. that that's like 90 percent of what the cameras are focusing on in any given game of rugby is like look at his booty um, Look, yeah. you, you've got to give the people what they want, and the people I, want ass. They want booty, that's fine. Um, but like, I guess yeah, those are all about the butt stuff. I don't understand what's happening ever. Like, why is the ball on the ground? Why, why are you now throwing it to each other? Why are you well, like, there aren't rules per se in rugby? It's why, just, you why know, are you doing weird head and tights? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand ever what's happening in rugby. Like the rules in soccer are very simple. Put the ball in the net. Don't use your arms. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Those are the rules. Mm -hmm. I can understand what's happening. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, 
I, I think we've we've really lost the plot here on making fun of uh, this lovely fan. Um, Dragons, who seems yeah. like who seems like they are a very nice person, and whom I immediately regretted being mean to. <laughs> uh, my only regret is that we weren't meaner. <laughs> well, Jared, we, we have t we have more time to to really get into this. We've got to savor it. We've got we've got to wait. Um, so so moving on to our next segment, we've got okay. we've got a choice to make here. Okay, this would have been a really good time to uh, have like a drum roll or something. So we'll uh, well, what we'll the do fuck something is else? Yeah, what? <laughs> This is building up suspense. <laughs> okay. It's time to pick February's fella oh, who's down, down bad. bad. So last month, last bit. month, Evan was our, our fella who was down bad. We, we spoke to him in December for our new year's episode and uh, and he mentioned that uh, in the new year, he wanted to, to kind of get his life together and be more organized and get a day planner. And so we told him, you know what? The show is going to sponsor you for your day planner. We're going to spot you five bucks um, and you're going to be our January fellow who's down bad. And so uh, segment of us giving five bucks to someone. Yep. Every month so like so this uh, this month we've uh, we've had an, an applicant. Um, mm -hmm. to be the fella who's down bad, and I'm trying to remember which of our recent guests it was. It was Kip. It was Kip. Um, oh, so right now uh, we we've got one app applicant uh, for the fella who's down bad, and so I think that uh, after much deliberation, the 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 official, very legal, very cool fella who's down bad for February uh, Is... grant will be awarded to Kip. Um, Kip so Kip, yeah. Kip Paulson, uh, send us your Venmo, and we will spot you five five big ones. Um, make sure to tell him that, uh, Chris. Since you're living with him anyway, you can. I'm gonna go right up there. Well, yeah. we're gonna watch Avatar down here in just a little bit. Yeah, you should so. tell him. Yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> Josiah's gonna give you five bucks. <laughs> I'm not even gonna mention Jared. I'm just gonna be like, Josiah's gonna give you five bucks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that leads us on. What's uh, what's the next thing you got? Oh, Twitter news. Okay. Oh my God. I wish I had prepared more for this. Honestly. There's too much. I, I can't prepare this segment because I don't know what to even say because Twitter's been a dumpster fire for like a week. I don't know a specific tweet to point to. Um, Twitter, news. Twitter news. This is the least prepared I've ever been for Twitter news um, because I don't even know what's so. Okay. Uh, do we just talk about wall street bets? Is, do you guys want to talk nope, about what I've got just a happened one. there? Okay. All right. I found this recently you found and it? somebody went through and used uh, a face generator <laughs> and AI to create modern versions of past pre presidents. So instead so, of talking uh, about the the major news thing that happened, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. Okay, all right. Uh, that's that's the whole thread there. So they go from George Washington all the way on down to. I don't think uh, these these look like these presidents very much. Nope. 
Well, they're they're supposedly the modernized version. You can tell that they're made with AI if you look at their eyes because everyone's a little bit cross-eyed. And the backgrounds, because the backgrounds aren't actually, uh, you know, anything that would appear in real life. Jefferson looks like Gavin Newsom, and it's making me mad. <laughs> he does look like <laughs> Gavin Newsom. That's true. Uh, oh, man. Monroe looks just as douchey in this photo as he does in real in his paintings. Real <laughs> life, yeah. Boy, okay, I want to hit Andrew Jackson. I always want to hit Andrew Jackson, though. <laughs> I'd love to find his corpse and just punch it. Oh, not that kind of hit. <laughs> Oh James J. Polk looks like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Get his ass. Oh, man. Actually, if if you go to this person's profile, Franklin you'll see Pierce that they did a lot of these. <laughs> Franklin Pierce is a Dan Quayle-looking ass motherfucker. You know what? I will say this. Lincoln looks pretty good in this modernized version. Oh, yeah. Also, guys, I, I found the best one. Okay. The man looks like a toad. <laughs> Franklin looks like a toad. <laughs> That's very good. <sighs> oh, oh, damn. Grant looks good. Yeah. He's got the flattest head, like the flattest top of a head I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, that's that's. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. No, no, that wasn't everything. I mean, I had stuff to talk about. Okay. Um, Rod Dreher retweeted. Um, retweeted. Uh, my brain is dead. Um, a guy we want on the show, so it was confusing. Um, the Hell Dude. Rod Dreher tweeted the Hell Dude, and I don't think Rod Dreher knew that it was the Hell Dude. He retweeted this, so. I, I really, when I was like, okay, if we're not going to talk about Wall Street <laughs> bets because there's too much, I'm going to just scroll through Rod Dreher's Twitter because that's always good. And what, I, what I've really discovered, his big thing is um, he's just really, really opposed to Ambien. Like, he, he's decided he doesn't need Ambien anymore and it's ruined his life. Um, and then now he's getting off of it. He's writing articles for like the American conservative about Ambien and his huh. journey of being free of Ambien. And now, like, if he's, I'm assuming he just used it to go to sleep and stuff, and like, that's fine. Um, but I do think it's really funny knowing that most of uh, most of his career he's been high on Ambien for. I think that like adds up kind of like a lot. So, so I mean, that's that's really all I had for Roger. Uh, I got another good one. Okay, we're still avoiding Wall Street bets. The major news that happened. Okay, all right. I just like Mike. I guess sorry. Just to get back to the Rod Dreher thing. I'm, yeah. He blocked me, even though I'm yeah. relatively certain what? I've never tweeted at him before. Because, like, but why would I waste my time? I, like, when I see you interacting with him or like QT, or I can't see what he's doing. I know it's bad. Well, and, and, it's always and the bad. thing is, I I, I don't know what he's I doing. have been trying. I have been trying to get blocked by Rod Dreher for a year now. So, like, you've never added him once before, and he blocked <laughs> you. I frequently at him, just saying, like, hey, fuck you, buddy, hoping that he'll block me, and he never does. Josiah, what you need to do is um, tweet, like, a porn screen cap at him. <laughs> I think that's there the only go. way to do it. 
you got to do the Steven Crowder, uh, Steven Crowder route. Oh yeah. How I got Steven Crowder to unfollow me on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. Just DM him. Uh, yeah. Goose, but does he, does yeah. he have his DMS? He doesn't have his DMS open. That's, that's Man. unfortunate. That's too bad. <sighs> All right. So, I, I sent a tweet. Okay. That's right. Yeah. From Ad mommy, big dick. Yeah. I mean, that checks out. Would you like to read it for us, Jared, since it's your tweet? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a uh, news article came out um, oh about the world masturbation champion uh, stating that he prefers anime <laughs> girls to real girls. And the article goes on to say uh, the two-time champion, uh, talking about his, his routine, uh, the two-time champion begins masturbating for two hours every morning as, her, as his girlfriend goes about her daily routine. Uh, but the woman isn't phased by Sato, the um, <clears throat> the masturbating champion, by Sato's actions. And sometimes she even helps him out, not in the way you'd think, but by timing his performances. Uh, she says that he puts a lot of effort in it, and she's just got her own hobbies. Um, so in 2009, uh, kind of his claim to fame here, Sato broke his own record by masturbating for an impressive nine hours and 58 minutes at the, and I shit you not, Masturbatathon, um, as reported by the San Francisco Weekly, and this this shattered his previous record of nine hours and thirty three minutes. And in more exciting news, um, very legal, very cool has obtained a press pass <laughs> to the twenty twenty one Masturbatathon, and we will be covering it live. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta go there, but then like do the Chapo thing where you go to like a GOP event and drop acid, but it's just us at the Masturbatathon, <laughs> just like, ripping on shrooms. Except we've just done ketamine, hugging their horn for ten hours. <laughs> I, oh my okay. god! I, I do. I so do the, have. Uh, <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to, a little a little addition here. The the article goes on to say, um, but the self the self gratification isn't all fun and games. I believe it or not. I Apparently, believe, there's this some point, actual training just... involved when preparing to go the distance. Uh, Sato's quoted as saying, "I swam twice a week and a bit, and gained about five kilograms in muscle, uh, and that helped me uh, a lot too in terms of stamina." Listeners you know cannot see that that Chris is is he, his head is just buried in his hands right now. I do so like the original tweet says there's a lot to unpack here, and like the headline is a total that checks out type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the world masturbation champion prefers anime girls to real girls. Like yeah, it checks out. Yeah, yeah. and you get to the you made it almost ten hours jacking it, and I just like first of all. Okay, how does this work at the map? Right. Does he have to be full hard on the entire time, or can he like can he go like semi for a little bit and then like? There's get a his... lot of complicated details here. <laughs> like, does he have to maintain a a certain like uh, a a certain like stroke count per minute? Like, what? And then also just like. When you take a Viagra, mm -hmm. like you, it, you watch the thing and it says if you have a boner for more than four hours, you need to go to a doctor. That's right. two and a half times <laughs> one. Like, what? 
hell, man? And now like, is Viagra like a performance enhancing drug in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it is it like like juicing balls or something like that? If you if yeah, you are they allowed to take Cialis before they start this? Are they allowed yeah. to take Viagra or something? Like, what I, I need. I both need to know more about this to understand it better and also super don't want to know any more about this. Mm-hmm. Like at all. I don't want to know anything more about this Sato dude. I, I want him to disappear from my brain completely. But also, what the hell? Right? I just want to know the rules. I'm glad we've gotten into this. Um... Can we talk about just for a second? Should we should we mention Wall Street bets, or are we going to try to make that bonus episode? Jared, I think we should do the bonus episode. Well, right. what if what if what if uh, what if uh, John doesn't want to do that episode? Then what do we do? We make him do the episode with us. Okay. If not, it'll just be you and I tackle it. No, John will do it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned to what apparently is a confirmed bonus episode later this week. Jared is just going to have to like misery John to get him to do it. It'll be so. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, uh, well, that wraps up uh, Twitter news then. There we go. You're going to have to find a new replacement for Parlor News since that's done. I know, I've been thinking about that. What's the other one they're trying to flock to now? Is it Gab or is it Telegram? Uh, Gab, I think. I think Gab's the one. Yeah. Well, All I right, guess so it's... It actually uh, got some other uh, events as well, uh, including the longest squirt distance, the longest time spent masturbating, most organaz- or- <laughs> orgasms, and tag team masturbation. Sorry. Did you please tell me you were in incognito when you looked this up? Of course. Of course I'm in incognito. Uh, so most orgasms, believe it or not, the male contender beat the female contender by 11. They For got most 31. Orgasms? Yeah. The male contender got 31 and the female contender got 20. You'll be shocked when I tell you that I'm not shocked. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Longest time sp- spent masturbating. Uh, female stroked the cat. This is like a I quote for seven hours and six minutes. This is like a two and a half hour episode, and I'm trying my best to wrap it up. And you're just giving me masturbation facts. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to end the episode, and you're just over there's here like, so much oh, literature you know, on this. There's show. a guy that could shoot ropes ten feet. <laughs> It's actually a pledge drive. Oh my god, I'm so mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) This has been like an episode of me trying to just have this like nice, interesting historical discussion with Chris and you sending debt collectors at me and Should we move on to plugs or do you have more masturbation facts for us? I'm trying to find, I just really, I want to see a set of rules. <laughs> That's what I want. What are we plugging? Okay. I found them. 
Um, if you have a thing that you, it, it, well, plug your own, like your Twitter or something like that. If you create oh, some stuff that, if it, well, but but I don't want to get canceled. So I'm not like okay. saying it loud more. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but um, also plugging is just like something maybe recently you have liked a movie, you like some media, you like anything like that. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, J Jared, why don't you start us off with the plugs? Absolutely. I would like to plug the practical information sheet for the German um, Master Betathon. And I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, so, it starts out with a description um, Who can come? Common quotes. Uh, in order to participate in Master Betathon, you must be 18 years of age or older, be able to show proper ID on the day. You must be tolerant and respectful to other participants. Prejudice, disrespect, as well as intolerance will not be accepted. And should show and should anyone show any of these characteristics, they will be immediately expelled from the arrangement. On the other hand, there will be plenty of room to be modest, prudent, and uncertain. Masturbatathon will be a supporting and open fellowship where everyone can find a possibility to protect their prudence or a small group of people to support them. Our wish for Master Betathon is that the range of participants will be as wide as possible, including people of all ages, uh, sexes, sexual orientation, as well as different subcultures. So, in re so regardless, if you are a prudent home masturbator, a hardened swinger, a homosexual, mm -hmm. an uh -huh. SNM person, a transvestite, uh -huh. a nudist, a voyeur, an exhibitionist, or have another peculiar sexual variation, you are compassionately uh -huh. welcome to show up and support the good cause. Absolutely. And here are the rules. Uh -huh. It is strictly forbidden to bring cell phones and, and cameras to the Masturbatathon event or in any other way to take pictures of the participants. Uh, Masturbatathon is alcohol and drug, drug free, as well as uh, smoking tobacco. Smoking tobacco will be allowed in designated areas. Uh, and in order to ensure the highest level of hygiene, the participants can only use their own sex toys, and every participant must bring their own towel. Um, as, the, as the objective of the Masturbatathon is masturbation, it is strictly forbidden to touch any other participant, as well as it is strictly forbidden to engage in any kind of, sec, um, of sexual intercourse with other participants, aside from becoming inspired or turned on from looking at the other participants. All limitations mm -hmm. must be accepted and all participants are to exercise courtesy to other participants. For this reason, all participants are to locate themselves in such a manner that their placing does not infringe uh, anyone's intimate spaces as well as uh, no one may experience <clears throat> being stared at. Um, the, dress the dress code, the dress you, code. You're really going to read all this. Uh. From nude to slightly dressed, there will be allowance for lingerie and other erotic clothing while masturbating, as well as it will be allowed to hide genitals under a piece of cloth while masturbating. Uh, last but not least, no fake orgasms. If you achieve orgasm, we're happy on your behalf, but this is not our objective. And that's it. Um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to plug the book um, Silencing the Past by Michelle Rolf Trio. Um, since we've been talking about history, it's it's one of my favorite books about historical theory um, and one of a really good essay about the Haitian Revolution in it. Um, 
uh, I think I might have plugged that before, but I was thinking of it while we were talking about this. Uh, yeah, on to, on to you, Chris. Okay. Um, got a couple, if that's okay. That's totally fine. Sweet. I mean, Jared just read a whole rule book at us, so I mean. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, couple of books. Uh, if you're still interested in The Troubles, read um, Patrick Radden Keefe's Say Nothing. Um, it's a good, a really good, like, uh, history of the troubles from the perspective of, like, people on the ground who live through. Yeah, yeah. Second, the current book that I'm reading is called No God But Gain. It is the story of how U.S. capitalists uh, used slavery to fuck over Cuba uh, to get sugar. Oh, that sounds good. Yep, it's pretty shitty. <clears throat> yep. Like, the book itself is not, but, like, the history is. The, the thing is, yeah. yeah. The, the thing <laughs> is. Uh, okay. Uh, thing three. Milk Street. It's a very good cooking magazine. If you like to cook mm. things, this is a good one. I probably make... I make most of the food um, that, nice. that, uh, that my wife and I eat out of this magazine. It's really great. That's and awesome. then... Finally, um, I'm going to plug another podcast. It's called Outside In. It's really wonderful. Hell yeah. It's about how humans interact with the outside world. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, that sounds great. Nice. All right. Well, well that's uh, that. I think I think this is this is the end, unless, Jared, you have more masturbation facts for us. Anything? Well, if you guys want to sit tight for the next eight hours, oh, nine right. hours and 59 Thank minutes. Thank you I'm so much for something. listening to Very Legal, Very Cool, um, an episode about how Ireland will be free. Uh, the, the music is a garage band loop that I stuck a drum beat behind. And you can find us at V Legal, V Cool Pod on Twitter. Uh, and you can also email us at hello at verylegalvery.cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye. We did it. We did it. Let me... Very Legal, Very Cool is brought to you in part by the American Monarchists. The American Monarchists are a party of Americans who would love to institute a monarchy in the United States. We believe that freedom and liberty from all comes only through God's anointed ruler. And who's that ruler, you might ask? Why, it's JFK Jr. Returned from the dead and traveled forward in time with Donald Trump to help liberate us patriots. So join the American Monarchist Society who is sponsoring Very Legal, Very Cool and who all participating members, especially Josiah, agree with and support in every way shape and form and we would like to thank our guest uh, chris barker who is a card carrying member of the american monarch society of america this episode of very legal very cool is brought to you by josiah josiah owes a lot of people a lot of money and the show is no exception so this show would be doing much better, financially speaking, if Josiah just paid up. 
which is why this show is brought to you, hopefully, today, tomorrow, and next week by Josiah. I'm back. He's back. (laughs) I'm sure you did a great ad. Um, It was exceptional. I'm excited to hear it when I edit. You're going to love it, Josiah. I will. I'm so excited. You're super not going to love it. I can't wait. Oh, Oh, God. Okay. The Peace Walls. Do I need to, like, click anything to make sure that we're recording? There's a little phone with an X next to it. Okay, Derek. Okay. Just because I'm old doesn't mean (laughs) that I appreciate this shit, okay? (laughs) Okay.